Oh, wait, I got to put my makeup on. Another hour. Oh, and a half. no. <laughs> no makeup. Hey there, whippersnappers. That's what they call them, right? You millennials. <laughs> All millennials out there. Uh, this is Three Old Men Yelling at Cloud, where we bring some negativity back to Twitch. Right. We don't talk. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. Uh, sometimes we do talk about the weather, because uh, you know that weather. It's it's pretty crazy. It hurts. It's my supposed bones. to rain. That it is true. As I've gotten older, it started to hurt my bones. <laughs> so I am as I, as you can see. I put names at the bottom so you can tell who we are. I think Clay needs that to fix his stream just a little bit there because you can't see the names on his, but you can see them on mine. Oh, uh, I yeah, am that Dr. is true. Diz, DM, DMs for Dungeon Master, if you don't know what that means. Google it, I guess. Um, right next to me, I got Double Alt Buck with the brand new hat there, uh, which is his new uh, slogan. Yeah, yeah. Buck stops here. I'm the, and then, the official AI of the party. Then over there in the corner, hanging out, is Clan Diesel. He looks hey, smart. I I'm know. Singing, bro, I do. Do I have to like lean down here. Guys are. I'm like powering over everybody. I'm not this tall. I'm not. I'm really not this tall. <laughs> what what uh, he did, chat, was he he aligned his camera to where he looks taller than us. Watch this. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> When I, when I set up, I am definitely the shortest one here. So. I'll be taller than this. <laughs> that hurts my back. I ain't doing it. All right. So what we do here is we just have a topic, and uh, we complain about it and tell what we think is good or bad about it, and uh, then we move on with our lives. What you do? Um, and I remembered what I forgot just a minute ago because that's how old people are. <laughs> you want some Prevagen? Can we get sponsored by Prevagen mm. to help Sponsor with our memory? <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so Chad, uh, this stream brought to you by Prevagen. That way we don't forget the script. And, and we need some Ben Gay for the joints. There you go. And some the drink. Lindemann. Get your drink on. Get your and drink some on. tough acting to Nacton. I'll, I'll, I'll get my drink on. Wish I had some good drink, but uh, save that I'll for the weekend. I'll share with you, but you ain't here. We save it for the weekend. There's a uh, Matt Smith FTL. He's uh he's gonna have me dancing before long, guys. Yeah. Uh, I got a DDR pad now, so I will be uh, doing some nice. dance revolution stuff. Will that be streamed? I don't know. I have to try it first. I'm, I may just stream it from the beginning. And it's going to be awful. Will you uh, implement clips in your stream? Sure. Yeah. I want to do this. Can I do this? Oh, animation with that prime sub. Nice. Thank you very much. This is a surprise on a Thursday. And that's some disco lights. It Just is. so you guys know, subscribing to this did not does not get you a raise at the end of the year. So I don't know what you're shooting for, but it ain't happening. <laughs> it is a good Thursday. All right, guys. So D and D. Uh, until that we, web server gets shut down. 
Remember who yeah. has the true power, chat? The true this guy. power. Well, that's true because he is an ABI. He is an ABI out here. Yeah. So, uh, D&D, um, everybody knows we like it. Ah, animation right? subscribed to me too. Ah, it's suck it, Diz. <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> Unless it's Monday. Monday is right. Monday. Then it's a total your, competition. That's true. Your web server is saved for another month. <laughs> Good that's extortion, you. sir. <laughs> it's strategy, sir, and it works. We uh, we appreciate the support. We do. Thank you very much. We don't. We do, You don't have to sub at all, but we appreciate it. Yep. Uh, so D and D, we do play some D and D. Um, here and there, right? We do. I've been playing it for over a decade, or you know, maybe two decades. Um, so we've been known to dabble on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we definitely like it, but there are things about it that maybe we don't like, or, or little elements that they've changed. Um, so specifically, um, I don't know. We don't really have a a list of where this is going to go. So this is going to meander all over the place. Um, so personally, what something I don't like, is I feel like they have maybe oversimplified it uh, with the fifth edition. Um, I do like the ease of access to it for everyone being able to come in, but it's like, the advantage disadvantage thing doesn't completely address every situation for me. Cause it's almost like yeah. things are black or white, you know, or dead in the middle. It's there's no like range for me. I can see that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're saying that as a DM that you'd rather you have a range to choose from than a boundary then you can alternate and choose yourself i don't completely hate it but it's just like in 3.5 you had a lot of pluses and minuses uh so it made it very difficult when you went to roll something because it was just a lot of math <laughs> it was just like all right, I get plus two true. from the shield, and I've got uh, plus three from this. And the, the further back you go in D and D editions, the more math is involved. It is. So, so you're saying that uh, prior to five, we needed a bachelor's in mathematics. You did, maybe a PhD if you go back to doing the Thaco. I miss I miss Thaco. That's when I got started when there was a Thaco, and your armor class went reverse. Yeah, Do you want like a negative? Like if you had like a negative five armor class, you were the shit. <laughs> so you just run around naked, right? No, it didn't. No. Like it. Yeah. it worked because you took your armor class and then you took that number and you subtracted it from the hit. Yeah, it's almost like risk. They, <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, because Thaco stands for to hit a armor class of zero, which is like the default armor class. So anything mm -hmm. below zero is you, takes into account you're wearing armor. Uh, so so there was that. That was second edition. Well, first and second edition. I got personally started on second edition. It's when I came into D&D &D back in the day. Yeah. 
the rules were a little thick. Like you really had to sit down and study these rules because there were a lot mm-hmm. of them. Uh, now they've really simplified it and like it being simple, but I wish it just had a little bit of that complexity in there. I'm not even exactly sure how to add it again. I mean, you still have well, it. Like when you cast Shield of Faith, or you get a plus two to your armor class, you know, so they're still doing it. Um, yeah, there's just a lot less negative numbers and fractions now. I wish there was like a range of like, instead of it just being advantage, disadvantage, there was maybe like five options there, you know? <laughs> so would you rather have it? So like, say if I have a, my character is in cover and yep. you're going to attack me, instead of it giving disadvantage to your attack, like mm-hmm. you'd rather have it. Okay. He's in, he's in full cover. So for me, the DM for my character to hit the player character, then I have to roll with like a minus four penalty to the attack roll. Well, technically, you've actually picked out one of the things in fifth edition that actually has a plus minus on it. Because <laughs> when you're under cover, half cover gives you a plus two to your AC, and three quarters gives you a plus four to your AC. So you actually are adding to your AC. It doesn't necessarily take away from the attack, but you can see it as being a you know a takeaway from. I figured that would honestly be an advantage disadvantage. Yeah, you would think, but it, they kept that one. There's certain so things that that's they kept weird. it on. That's weird. Yeah. Now you're right. Back in the old editions, there was a lot more rules that you went by. So, like in fifth edition, everybody can be everything. Mm-hmm. Like you can be any race you want. You can be any class you want. You can be any subclass, whatever. Back in the older editions, first edition and second edition were advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Now there, you had a limit. Certain races could only be certain classes. And okay. then certain races could only be monsters. You couldn't play. Those races could not be player characters. By default, if you just read the straight Monsters Manual and, and Dungeon Master's Guides back in those days, you know, that was it. It's like, these are monsters, these stay monsters. So you could like play a vampire. Right, or you couldn't play an orc or whatever. They were all evil, and you couldn't play evil. Uh, you know, and they've dropped that, which I guess is okay. It's a little weird now playing it, and, you know, some of the people we play with will bring in weird-ass races that you beyond your normal, like, I say normal as in, like, human, elf, dwarf, halfling type races, you know. That's the, the standard fare of D&D. Where now you have like you know Aarakocras and um, Tritons, Tritons, and the elephant guys and rhino guys and Loxodons, the vampire Loxodons, pterodactyls, whatever. We've even brought in a class that is like kind of not actually, you know, in the D and D Beyond, not not actually in the official stuff. With uh, we have a Zendikar vampire, which is out of Magic the Gathering. Which yep. technically, Magic the Gathering is part of D anD D now, but that specific part was not added into the official stuff. So, oh, got to hydrate. You got to hydrate. You're da- you're behind like fourteen hydrates. So, <laughs> from the other day, <laughs> I need to start a counter on this stream. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I need to do that. How many hydrates? Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I'm not completely opposed against the advantage-disadvantage stuff. I just wish there was, like, maybe 
a way to do more with it than just those two things. But it does keep it simple. It does make it where anybody can kind of jump in and play, and it's not hard to pick up these rules. Now, there is the master rule, though, Diz. There is the master rule. And, and the master rule well. says the DM can make whatever rule that he wants. So, I mean, if mm -hmm. you prefer that in your game, then you could implement that. Uh, makes it a little bit different, on you know, a little bit harder to do on the D&D Beyond character sheets, but yeah. you can do it. I can develop it myself. Yes. Problem is, I don't know what it should be. Now, I did have <laughs> an idea, and other people have had this idea as well. Like, I don't like that there are all these weapons and armors out there, but rarely do you ever see characters using some of these weapons and some of these armors. Like, who do you know that wears hide armor? I mean, you just don't see it. I don't. Or if they're wearing it, it's because it's the only thing that they could find, and they're going to quickly upgrade out of it as soon as they could. Uh, and just like a, a club. Have you ever seen any character use a club? Not a great club. Um, just a club. Just a little just club. A club. Like yeah. a, a Bam Bam Club. <laughs> Captain Caveman. You could play a gnome. <laughs> a gnome barbarian with a little A gnome ball. barbarian? I like it. I it's like it. I got a thought. Whoever doesn't have a hat on has to get naked. Uh-oh. Hey, hang on a second. Let me get rid of my hat. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, you'll have to go over to my spicy site for that. Only Zach Clan Diesel. <laughs> it's Clan Nino. Clan Welcome Nino. to Clan Diesel. Up all night. Up all night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on the web and stuff, I've seen where like some people have tried to go in and give incentives to use like weapons. Because if you're a rogue, most of the time, if you have the option to use a short sword over a dagger, you'll take it because it does. Uh, a d6 instead of a d4 damage but if there was if the dagger gave you more crit range you know you'd crit on a 18 19 or 20 you might be like okay well i'll take that over the you know plus two yeah. to the hits uh there's stuff like that um but i don't know what you guys think of that i i think that would add to the game well from looking at all of the different stuff you know researching all the stuff since y'all asked me if I wanted to play with y'all that there's none of that there. Like if I wanted to use a club, you'd have to homebrew it to make it, you know, worth what I wanted to do with it because it, it wouldn't work. You know, like when we implemented the ancestral weapon for Meridius with that trident, mm -hmm. you know, we, we had to modify that. Because yeah, that's that not what whole it was thing was. Do. That whole thing was from an outside source, so. right? Yeah, and mm -hmm. so you know, I, I had no problem doing it. You know, learning how that worked and making it flow and and work with my character. But they're taking all that away to where you don't have creativity with your ability or your weapons anymore. So you would have to homebrew everything for them to have a stat block in the character sheet for it to even work on their roles. And like I've tried to sit down and do it myself, it is a monumental task to do. 
Um, I feel like Wizards would have the manpower to do something like that. I really wish that they would maybe uh, put some time into that. I do too. Uh, yeah, and as, as Buck said, like, you know, the ancestral weapon thing didn't even exist. You know, we had to go out and yeah. find it in, in a bonus material that's outside of Wizards of the Coast. Um, kind of like the Harley Quinn class we looked at, I think, last week or the week before. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times when we're starting up a campaign and people are rolling their characters, this will be very um, nice and let people pick their equipment or say, you know, you can start and I'll let you have like one magical item to begin with. Or, you know, you can start and you can have so much gold to buy your equipment or whatever. And a lot of times, you know, this will allow people to skip the basic weapons like, you know, just a normal dagger or a... Uh, a club, like you said, and skip to like, you know, a uh, rapier or a long sword or a great sword or, you know, some, you know, big thing like, you know, that more than just a plain, you know, you're a poor character. This is what you start with basic equipment. Yeah. Um, that a lot of the stuff like the club was designed to be, you know, you start out and you got two gold spin wisely. Yeah. Right? You, you have um, a club and you immediately get rid of it as soon as you can. Exactly. So, you know, every, most of the time people get to skip that basic set of equipment. So, you like you said, you never see it anymore. And like Buck said, Buck's never been in a campaign where somebody just used a straight club or something. Everybody has moved on from that basic starting gear when they start. Because if they're not buying an advanced weapon, then, they are, then they're skipping like the hide armor, like you said earlier, and they're skipping to, you know, um, leather, you know, studded leather, leather armor, studded leather armor, chain mail, something. Yeah. You know, they can wear it. Now, the hot armor would be good for, like, a druid. Yeah, it makes sense. Because druids can't wear metal, but they can wear high because wear it's natural. Right. Why not it's, wear it's natural. Armor, you know? Exactly. So, but I think, you know, providing a bonus for somebody to use that basic equipment um, to get it, you know, back in rotation stuff is a good idea. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't have a problem uh, with that if I was a player at all. It makes it they more got, worthwhile at that point. What if they got carried away and they went full destiny on it? Where they kept, they would have seasons and like uh, all of a sudden the short, we have the season of the short sword and it's oh, OP. I, no, I'm out. No, I am no, out. Done. Not at all. Mm -mm. I was throwing out there because Regan's in your uh, chat. So I thought yeah, you might have something I figured. to say. I figured. I'm out. That ain't happening. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the never-ending grind fest. Uh, that D and D does not need that at all. I keep raising the the level. <laughs> you guys are gonna get to thirty now. Yep. Well, you've hit level twenty. Now we got to work on your on your uh, lot level or whatever it would be called your RP that's, level. That's one thing <laughs> RP level. That's yeah, one thing level. I hope they never put into D and D like a uh, an equipment. We're gonna up score. your gear score. Or your, your, your gear score. score. No. So no seasonal D&D campaign. No, not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, there is something uh, Buck added to the campaign that doesn't really, it kind of exists there, but it's, it's not as fleshed out as the, you know, outside material that we use to bring it in is the professions like, you know, your little, cooking skills and stuff like that. It's, mm -hmm. It doesn't really truly exist in D&D &D 
and we had to go out and find another source to make it functional you know yeah. and it really does exist in game though if you think about it because if you're stopping to eat you know stopping for the night yeah you got you're gonna eat yeah, it's, it's there where's the food coming from you know you're gonna hunt you're gonna go fish you're gonna gather the plants you know you're you're gonna perform those tasks regardless you, mm-hmm. if you get this profession stuff then you can get points and experience for doing what your character is going to have to do in role-playing anyways yeah yeah i think a lot of it has to come with like how how deep you want the game to be so it's kind of like it's skyrim right so you can play base skyrim and you have your adventure and all that stuff or you can add like the survival mod to skyrim or turn on survival mode and then it becomes kind of like arc or or something else where you have to eat and you have to drink and you have to do this stuff is how how real do you want your role play to be? Is it okay? We we're camped and we've ate. We've had a long rest and so we're good to go. Let's get going and get the next session. Or is it okay, mm-hmm. uh, DM? I'm going to take my character and I'm going to hunt for two hours uh, while we're resting. Or okay, DM, I'm going to cook the meal tonight. Uh, you know, using my cooking ability. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, scavenge for herbs and stuff like that. So it's how mm-hmm. deep you want it. Uh, I think, but that's where I like these extra rules. So like, if you're like, well, I really would like to add this to the game, but I don't know how, you know, how do I create this ability? You know, a lot of times people have already created it for you. You just have to go and look. And then you read the rules and it makes sense. You know, they uh, brought in, okay, well you can do this, but you have to have this attribute score and you have to have this equipment. It costs this much to do it. And, you know, you have to roll this to see how much, of this material you bring in or how much food you cook or how good of a cook that you are when you're cooking and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I like it, but it just depends on, you know, I think it would appear to more people that have been playing D and D for a while that want to add something new to the campaign. I mean, like, it's just like anything else, like encumbrance. I don't really use encumbrance unless it's, you know, really just egregious. It's like, I pick like up if this JD piano. wants to pick up 500 pounds and tote it, this is like, how much can yeah. you really pick up? 420? Then you can't yeah. pick up 500 pounds. Well, crap. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like we, always... we find it from these third party sources and they do a pretty good job. But even the professions thing we use, it, it didn't, to me, uh, you know, Buck jumped on it and really grabbed it by the horns. And he, before he even hit level five, he had like three of them mastered. Uh, I wish it, I wish it was more of a challenge for him. That way, when That's he actually true. reached that pinnacle, um, you know, he would really feel accomplished. And there, maybe there's little rewards along the way instead of it just being yeah. one reward at the end. Um, again, Wizards has the manpower to pull these things off. Yeah, I, I'd say that's probably the the only drawback to that profession stuff. And and I agree with it. Like. Yeah, I got three of them done. I'm I'm literally we're one cooking session away from me having my final one done, mm-hmm. and that's great as far as what it can do for me. But at the same time, you know, my character wasn't even with the party at the time I was doing any of it. He was doing that as a side venture because we were going through a different arc of the campaign at the time. Yeah, and so. Really, I didn't get to participate in what I was doing with my group 
I didn't get to share in any of the things that I learned or acquired with the group because he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But time frame wise, he was still doing all the actions that he would have been doing had he been with the group. So it, it did end up being a little lackluster as a whole, but it has paid off since he's made it back to the team. Like True. saving yeah. our wizard and keeping the yeah. cleric a, a spell. And it makes the characters more unique because now you're not just a fighter, you know, you have that extra ability now. So it, it makes you, you know, different than I, I can be like you know, a combat Timmy's fighter now that we play, of, you know, in the other game, you know, just a hitter. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the expanded rules and stuff, though, this brings up another thing, and I feel that Diz will be the perfect person to talk about this, <clears throat> is when you add stuff to your campaign or you spent, like, you know, 10 hours during the week building this adventure uh, for the players to go through, and then they don't. <laughs> they completely go somewhere else. Or you build in, like, great magic into the campaign so that they can use it. <laughs> And then they don't. Yes. Uh, so what about that, Diz? I bet that really gets you yelling at clouds. So uh, it actually doesn't as much as you think. I uh, um, I spent a fair amount of time developing, like uh, I think we called it, uh, what was it? Uh, boundless magic, I called it. And yeah. it allowed the characters to be able to push themselves beyond what they could normally cast uh, yeah. at the risk of, personal damage or even death you know uh and nobody did it uh, it's also i also give inspiration um i usually select something that somebody said from the last game and i use that as a title for that that game and then in the next game i give that person an inspiration die to use at any point during the, that game it has never been used one time that is true yep, that um, is true now, and I have a defense to your first part, Diz. I don't yeah. have a character that would benefit from using that ability yet. I mean, wild magic was fun. Wild magic, though, is actually part in the D and D thing. It's not something I I spent time to develop myself. Um, and I but appreciate like your stuff augments like that we instituted from the ancestral weapons guides. I I used them. I utilized them. Yeah, we had like a slot system. Instead of going to a, a vendor and you know having to get a weapon enchanted, I I made it where they could sell little like uh, enhancement. Uh, what do we call them? Little tokens or something. Runes, runes, that went and, into slots, they, and they could be installed into a weapon or armor, and it would enhance it. So it was a little bit easier for them to upgrade stuff. But only maybe two people kind of took on to that. So and and see, nasty, to yeah. me. It made perfect yep. sense we because I'm a gunslinger that can be within five feet of you in melee range and still shoot you like I was 30 feet away from you <laughs> because of that augment that's in my armor. And I feel like if, if other people in the campaign would sit down long enough to actually read through it and understand what the things are, they would be like, man, if I had this in my armor or if I had this on my weapon, then I could do more here or I could be more useful in this in type of situation. But they just doesn't seem like they've really looked at it. Yeah, I had that. 
I had those two things, and then I had a called shot thing as well. Uh, none of those things really got adopted. Um, so we just kind of moved on um, without. I've tried to them. use called shot three times, chat, and Diz told me no each time. Just put that out <laughs> there. Because what I'm trying to call is a shot, Diz said, would be impossible for me to make it. <laughs> Has to be in the realm of possibilities, I guess. Uh, so all these things we're talking about, they kind of remind me of something else. Um, and get ready to see clans, uh, blood boil. It kind of reminds me of Unearth Arcana that uh, <laughs> ah, used to give us. They still, yeah. they still produce it and put it out there in PDF form, but they don't put it into D and D Beyond anymore. That's right. That's right. Uh, during one of the campaigns, uh, that is no longer with us, RIP campaign. Um, I made an artificer, but the thing was at that time, artificers were not in the core rules anymore. Um, they were unearthed arcana. And so I built a character and then they became real rules. The only problem is, is that when you build a character in unearthed arcana in D and D, you can't, once they take it away, you can't add to it anymore. It's done. So then you, it sucked because then I had to delete the character and recreate the character. The problem is, is that some of my abilities I didn't have anymore because they had been removed in the transition yeah. over. Uh, but still, I like the Unearth Arcana because you kind of get to use these almost kind of like their alternate classes than what's in the books. And sometimes it's a it's really cool abilities and stuff that you wouldn't think. You know, it's just people at Wizards just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. So you'll have weird abilities like uh, you know. Now you have tieflings that can be warlocks that can heal. That was unearthed arcana at one time because everybody's like, why would you have a healing warlock? Well, like, what if they, you know, made a pact with a celestial instead of something demonic or well, something undead? Why would a tiefling give a damn about healing anybody? <laughs> hey, right? They, I mean, I they, mean, but that's that's what you're getting at. Like, why, why would a tiefling care? They care. <laughs> Uh, but and like uh, for me, like right now, the most recent Unarth Arcana deals with uh, character classes and abilities and stuff, races specific to the world of Kryn, which is the Dragonlance campaign setting, which, as everyone knows, is my favorite campaign setting of all time, near and dear to my heart. Uh, but right now, I can't go into DD Beyond and make a Kinder or a Knight of Salomnia. Or a uh, a, a Kryn sorcerer or a Kryn wizard that's based off the phases of the moon. I can't do that. A year ago, I could, and I could play that as that character and test it out, and everything was built in, so you know I could do my automatic rolls. It would add my pluses and everything. So now, if I want to make one, I have to basically, you know, print out a paper character sheet and and run that way, which makes it a little bit harder. Uh, or you because, have to homebrew it. You can homebrew yeah, it. Yeah, or you have to go in and homebrew it. Yeah, you'd have to go in and homebrew it. But I just think that it's cool that back in the day, you could go in and if you wanted to say, I would love to see how this character would work in the campaign or in an adventure, you could run that character that's not an official class or race or whatever through that adventure and see how it plays. To see if something was like, and if they didn't add it through, Guess what? You could still play it because it's Unearthed Arcana, 
You just couldn't, you know, change it beyond a certain point. And as long as you understood that, you were fine with it. And then, you know, they took that away. Now you can't do anything with them at all in D&D Beyond, and it makes it a lot harder to play the Unearthed Arcana. Because I would say 99% of D&D campaigns now ran out of D&D Beyond. Very few people, I would say, are still using paper character sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I hate about them taking that away from D&D Beyond. I think it lessens your ability to play or play test. Um, and that's the crazy thing, right? <clears throat> so it, with Unearthed Arcana, when they launched all that stuff, they, had, they have at their disposal one of the biggest free playtesting organizations in the world the fans of D. throw that shit out there and let us get our hands on it and read up on it and the moment we find that it's interesting we're going to try to implement it and then we can give you feedback on whether this is broken or not yeah and you don't have to pay a thing because most places, when you have testers, you know, you got to pay them a little something to, to test your stuff and make sure that it all works and give feedback. They got to do that with this. Right. I mean, like, I was looking at the list and they had, you know, rabbit folk and owl folk and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, you can make a Strix, you know, which is more of like a horned owl. And then they took it away. And I'm like, well, there goes that. And then the the bunny rabbit, I was like, oh, it could be like Bucky O'Hare, you know, have, have some like that. And they took it away. And then like, oh, well, now we put it back in, but it has different abilities and sets than what you saw to start with. Yeah, there's always a the chance. Seasonal content. There's <laughs> always the chance that they, you know, the place test stuff just didn't work. There was a, uh, a cleric subclass that was broken and it never made it into real gameplay because it was just too powerful yeah luckily though a couple things that i told y'all about that i saw in unearth that i was hoping i'd get to play and then they took it away they eventually did implement it into official like the drake warden ranger mm-hmm. a ranger that befriends a, a young dragon that can call a dragon to their side in the middle of combat. And when the dragon's time's up, it just goes back to its den until you summon him again. Like that could change the flow of a fight right there better than a beast master ranger. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of things I feel like wizard, you know, could add to the game to make it a little more, customizable per the character you know and you could choose to use them or not but i feel like the, they're the only ones who could really put them in there so. i'll be honest with you the biggest thing that i wish wizards would bring back and this is something wizards really hasn't done this was more of an old back in the day tsr thing uh, when dnd was still on by tsr <laughs> was campaign settings I really missed that because the great thing about campaign settings back in the day was each one was unique. They all share the same core rules, you know, across all Dungeons and Dragons, you know, but each one had its own kind of flavor a little bit, right? So you had, you know, Greyhawk, which was the first D&D developed by Gary Gygax. 
get for their Forgotten Realms, which everybody knows Driss and all this Faerun and all this stuff. Pretty much everybody plays on the modern way anyway. Uh, you had uh, Spelljammer, which was uh, space travel between the different worlds of D&D. You had, like I said, my favorite, Dragonlance, which dealt with a place that the gods had left and then came back and dragons were a myth, but then they became real again and magic was controlled by the different faces of the moon and stuff. So that was something different in itself. Uh, you had uh, Dark Sun, which was no gods, no magic. Everything was psionics and clerical abilities. Uh, but the planet was ruled by these five dragon kings. And it was a desert. The entire planet was a desert. Uh, and then there was uh, an Arabian, Al-Kadim, I think it was called. That was all. That was an Arabic thing with genies and flying carpets and stuff. I mean, there was just a ton of them, but each one so had a little bit of difference. D&D in Aladdin. You could. Yeah, you 100% could. You definitely could. Like I said, and, then, and the planescape, which was travel between the planes. So, I mean, in Spelljammer and Planescape, you could go between these different campaign settings if you wanted to. You don't want to be a normal elf from Planescape? Fine, you're a planar elf. So you're an elf that was born on the planes instead of on a, a planet, you know, that's a normal campaign setting for them. Uh, and they've tried a little bit over the years, like third edition was um, Eberron, which brought us the Warforged. Um, you know, and then they kind of went back to, okay, the core place is Forgotten Realms again, and we'll just go from there. And they've kind of, 4th edition had like a Dragonlance campaign box set that you could buy. But that was another thing, the box sets. I love having the big box sets with the rules for that campaign setting together on there and all about the, the lore of that world and stuff like that. It just makes it deeper. You can focus on one thing, you know, and and, and how that that particular world is is different from all the other ones uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. And that's something I miss a lot from back in the day. Yeah, I never played, well, I never played first or second, like actual tabletop. My second edition, I did play games that were based on the rules. Baldur's Gate. I didn't know a lot about this <laughs> campaign setting. Yeah, Baldur's Gate for sure. I was at Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and stuff like that is the most famous ones. Yeah, uh, on second edition, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I mean, so by that token, by how what Clan was saying that he missed, I technically play that in what was your Sunday campaign disc with my Triton because he's from another plane of existence and showed up to fight alongside the guys that are in the campaign. It's true, but uh, I don't know if it's, if it's the same as that. Now, in D&D 5th Edition, in the Faroon, uh, in the Coral setting, whatever, um, you you have all these planes. They're, they're pre-set up. This is just how, how they are. The outer planes, you have the elemental planes, and then you have all the inner planes. Right in the middle, you have the material plane. So that's kind of, it's just set up that way. I don't know if that campaign setting is different or if it's... And then, of course, maybe, you have, like, the, maybe the Nine couldn't. Hells and Celestial on the Outer Ring. 
Yeah, maybe right. you just couldn't travel to these things back in regions. I'm not sure about that. So. I'm not afraid of pulling resources from these other uh, older <laughs> right. versions of D&D. I've pulled spells and weapons and different things using my I mean, like character sheet wise, you know, we have a pretty cookie cutter character sheet as far as it's basic, standard, everything's lined out for you and mm -hmm. easy to kind of read and follow. But then if you wanted to shift like cyberpunk's side of D&D, &D, that character sheet has so much crap on it that you could get lost just trying to figure out what all you're trying to roll for, you know, as soon as the DM's like, all right, give me a hacking check and you're like uh hang on a second like i gotta find this thing but with what we have it's very uniformed and straight lined and and doesn't seem to deviate at all yeah another thing i miss I played a lot of dungeons and dragons online first came out and when it was at it's probably at the height of its popularity um they use 3.5 rules and they have a lot more like skill checks than we have now. Uh, like we have sleight of hand or if I go to pick a lock, there's not an actual skill check for that. I'm just using my decks. Plus if I have thieves tools and are proficient with them, I can use, add my proficiency bonus. But back then you actually had uh, open lock and you had disarm trap. Those were two separate skills. Like you had to develop, put points into them individually. Um, and like open lock was a dex based skill and disable a device was an intelligence based skill. So your rogue had to have intelligence. You couldn't, that couldn't be your dump stat for your rogue unless you just didn't want him to disable traps, which is fine as well. So here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Would you want to play a Pathfinder based game because Pathfinder is based on D&D 3.5 rules. Yeah. I've never actually played any Pathfinder, so I don't know what it, the actual difference is. I haven't is either. Pathfinder <laughs> uh, so this, I think I'll, I'll be open know, to it. Do we need to learn this together? Uh, I would be open to it, but <laughs> the whole reason why uh, when you watch Critical Role, they, they were playing Pathfinder, and when they went to stream it and, and do all that, um, they switched to 5th edition because it was easier to maintain. Uh, yeah. There was less rules, so it would be really difficult to stream 3.5 because it would be... You, you think combat is slow now? <laughs> Wait till you have to add math on top of it. That's That's true. Uh, you know, it's something me and Josh have talked about before with you, Diz, is uh, maybe doing a retro D&D &D adventure or something where we pull out like a second edition adventure or something and we use that or, you know, three or three, five or four yeah. rules, you know, an adventure based on that. And we use those rules to run that adventure. So it's like we're playing, you know, D&D &D in 1997. <laughs> you know, instead of 2022 and, and to fun. see how things have changed because you know now we're used to like okay your ability scores can go up to 20 right mm -hmm. that's the maximum they can go to unless a deity intervenes on you okay back in like second edition 
you could have your maximum was 18 and anything over that you got fractional ability. So you could have like 18, 25 over 100 strength or, you know, or something like that, you know, now you can go up to 20. So it would be weird. Uh, it would be an interesting thing to watch where we're so used to fifth edition, try to go back to an earlier edition or to Pathfinder because now the heck they, now they've got Pathfinder second edition rules, you know, and, and see how everything is different. I'll tell you what was really weird for me in fifth edition is when I first started looking at, and this, this is going to lead into something that I, I really don't want to make about D and D right now, but, um, what was really kind of threw me for a loop. It wasn't like a bad thing, but it was just weird is I came from playing like 3.5 rules and you could get like a plus six to one of your stats, you know, and I come into like, well, we started in fourth edition and, and then we moved on to fifth edition, but in fifth edition, you don't get items that give you pluses to any ability scores. Like rarely, um, you have like the belt of dwarven kind that doesn't give you a plus to it. It just says you get your constitution is now set to this. You know, it doesn't give you a plus or minus. There's I don't think there's any weapons unless they're homebrewed that give you an actual plus and minus to to ability scores or skill yeah. checks. Maybe you don't even see those things. Um, which leads me into the next thing. I go into D and D Beyond. And I look for wizard robes. There's like six of them in there. Surely to good a wizard, the the most versatile class in D and D should have more than six robes to choose from in a campaign, where yeah. I don't have to make one as the DM. I mean, yeah. surely to goodness they could come up with some ideas like here's the robe of snakes and every time you open it up there's a snake that pops out or <laughs> robe of practical jokes or something I don't know I'll say that's what happens when I follow up my robe <laughs> <laughs> a snake pops out snake pops out yeah do you also have the song my anaconda don't playing when that happens yes I mean and you go out there and look for like swords I mean there are some really cool swords like um What's the lightsaber one called? It's the uh, Sunblade. Sun Sword. Yeah, the Sunblade. Sunblade is really cool. Um, but then you've you see Moon Touched, and you'll see um, the one where it uh, causes uh, it'll decapitate somebody if they ain't rolling after twenty. Was it Vorpal? I don't even think Vorpal. Yeah, Vorpal. D and D Beyond. I don't think it is that. either. I think Josh had to homebrew that one. I don't think it's an official thing. And I wish these things were in there. It's like, I don't know what they're spending their time on. It seems like they're spending time on, like, I don't know. They, they release a book every, like, three months or two months. I don't know why some of this stuff isn't in there. Yeah. I miss the items going to be on plus two. Like, you never see, like, a short sword plus four you don't anymore. See it. Like I used to remember playing, be able to see like Sword Sword plus five or plus seven or whatever, yeah. you know, up to it I think went to up three. to ten, and now yeah, and that's that's it. Like, shouldn't these things be more powerful than this? So let's say short swords, something. 
I mean, you've got like, you know, one of the players in our Saturday campaign has a hammer that he can throw that thing like a solar titan in destiny and then recall it like Thor. And it's a rare, but there aren't very many weapons. Not, like, that just looking look at, at rares for swords, there's three rares here. There's two, no, yeah. sorry, two rares. Life stealing and wounding, and that's it. Like, what? Where's the variety? That's like when <laughs> we looked up rapier that night, Diz, for the rogue character. We found, like, what, one that wasn't just a plus one rapier? I mean, so. most of magic items, that's what it is. It's this item plus one. There, There's your magic item. Well, Regan says, Vorpal, that's the best raid DPS for, for this season. <laughs> for this season. That's true. That's true. Next season, it'll be Solar 3.0. Probably. <laughs> or it could oh. be Art 3.0. Not sure. <laughs> that's, that's where I feel like it's like these little details, like the skills, like I don't know. I wish I, I was looking at 3.5 skills and there was one for balance or swimming. Uh, yeah. But now it's just I jump in the water and I swim. Okay. Well, how's your athletics? I guess it'll be because it's the, the generic stat for anything uh, kind of strength based. And swimming will be more strength based than dex based. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is something from the older editions that's lost now is. A little bit of that control of what kind of type of that character you are. Are you a rogue that can pick locks or are you a rogue yeah. that can disarm traps or are you a rogue that's good at, you know, pickpocketing? Yeah. And you and would stealing. get, you could, like, every time you would level up, you would get points to put into these skills. So it wasn't just like you had to take a feat to get more points into these skills or increase your ability score. Uh, which is what you have to do in 5th edition. But in 3.5 and stuff, you would just get points all the time, and you could even, like, level 2 or level uh, level 2, you get a bunch of stuff. Level 3, uh, like, level 6. Like, a lot of people just don't get you know, good stuff at level 6. It's just, a, like, a, you know, a bump along the way. You would get skill points where you can put them into different things. And let's say you hadn't... You hadn't been focusing on swimming, and all of a sudden you just pump all those points into swimming, and all of a sudden you're a good swimmer. So. But uh, yeah, I, w I wish they would do a little bit more with that, more with the weapons, uh, just things that where you can customize your characters a little more. Because mm -hmm. I don't know that I need, you know, thirty more subclasses which is what they're going to yeah, come that's out true. with this, yeah, this next that, that is true in yeah, the one in May I don't know that I need them uh, I think we have a lot right now um, <laughs> how many different types of fighters are there <laughs> I know there's a lot there's <laughs> some that I haven't seen anybody ever play it, there's the one that uh, can cast like magic uh, he's like a dark knight I can't remember what it's called exactly 
Or be careful, D&D. Eldritch. Eldritch's not. Eldritch's not. That's, yeah, be careful. He, he D&D's going to come class. calling. He I mean, Final Fantasy's going to come calling. <laughs> Final Fantasy. Z-Clan, you, yeah. you like tieflings? And you like using Eldritch Blast? You should become a tiefling is. fighter and be an Eldritch Knight. There you go. But you have to wear the Onion Knight helmet. <laughs> but you know when Anybody i first out there started, in chat are they when they, i first started with y'all got, right you guys can grab too yeah you know like I, I made a list of everything that i thought looked cool in a class and a race and like demigod was on that list right and i'm like oh mm-hmm. Like, I could be a demigod right off the bat as a level one character. See, you, so you time, couldn't do that. But, but by the time we started, it was gone. And I'm like, yeah. well, good thing I didn't pick that because it's not even here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, if you pick that, what can't you do? You're a, you're a demigod. I mean, who's going to stop you? Right. I mean, you could, you know, recant back to all the stories and stuff you've heard of Hercules. What stopped him? A god? That was about the only thing. And that was iffy on if the god could stop him or not. Right. So once you're at that, once you're in that realm, what what do you fear? Right. I mean, pretty much if you're a level 20 character, you're almost like a demigod status. It would take something massive to stop you once your character reaches level 20. Yeah. You know, unless you were Baker. Well, that's true. Game. Not everybody <laughs> though gets to ascend to Godhood. Some of us get thrown in the abyss. I mean, but you wanted to be there. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. I heard you wanted to be there though. <sighs> not bitter at all. <laughs> Something about getting away from your brother-in-law and all that shit. Hooking up with his sister, you know, and then uh, your best friend's sister, and then getting her pregnant and having to marry her. Right? Yeah, that wasn't me. That was, Chad, that was not my character. No, no that was somebody else's that's character. That's what I'm Who saying. That's why you wanted to be sister. down there, was because of all that shit that happened. You're like, I got to get away from this. So you wanted to be in the Nine Hells. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Mordecai will show us the way. <laughs> here to save us of course then you got you know that ranger that wanted to pc you the whole time that's true <laughs> i feel like this would very easily become an after the roll i mean it could listen but... okay off topic chat i have ideas for after the roll I, how i, I want to do it a couple of those so so I after this if we ever start a Patreon, then you can stay tuned for after this show and before the show where we go over shit. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, we should, I have ideas we should alternate. We should alternate. We should do um, like the week that we're going to play D&D, we should play, we should do this show. And then, and then the week after be after, week the roll. after after the roll. And we after can talk. The roll. And then we'll I like it. Back and forth. Yeah. I like it. I mean, we might start that. So that means next week we do this. 
And then the week after that, we do after the roll. We do after the roll. We can start that if you guys want to. Then we can bring in, you know, one or two other people and on that and chit chat. The party. The D and D. Anyway, is there anything else that really uh, grinds your gears? Uh, yeah, I've got one. See, I got this DM. Maybe you can help me with this, Dis. I got this DM that every time mm-hmm. I want to do something cool, he says mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. He says that I got to roll a dex check. And even when I get a high one, he says I'm not good enough to pull it off. I think he's discriminating on the size of my character. Hmm. Oh, sounds like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Savage Sally is not in chat. <laughs> That's good. Is there anything I can do to uh, help my situation with the DM disc that you can think of? I mean, uh, it really Find boots of like, giant kind and grow three feet. It really sounds like, yeah, um, there was some boots in my first campaign where it had something grow. That it is just, true. It lifted their legs. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. That would be weird. I'd look like a freaking crane. He was Big a dwarf. Ass long legs and then <laughs> normal body uh, for a halfling. Yeah. It sounds like you're. It sounds like you're trying to reach a little beyond the the height of the character. So. I mean, I'm talking more like making guns and stuff, though. He oh, thinks they're cool ideas, but not like he's afraid they'll break the game. cookie jar, right? We're talking are you about saying that. are you saying JD has short man syndrome? <laughs> I'm saying that the DM tries to impose short man syndrome on JD. He does not have it himself. <laughs> I'm just saying we haven't we haven't seen JD for a long time. We're just now getting him back. You better start drinking there, Clan. I've been drinking there, every one of them. I, I swear. I'm going to have to pee for 10 minutes after this is over. You're going to have to yeah. install a catheter there, Clan. The minute that bottle will be empty, and then it'll be full yeah. again. Yeah, I went through almost two whole uh, 16-ounce Diet Cokes. <laughs> Dang, hey, I've got to put a limit on that thing. <laughs> hey, uh, Clan, do, do you need one of these? I can send you one of these. You need one of those hats where you can put a bottle on each side and strap. I do, I do need, I do need that. Yeah, that way I can just put it on each one. Is actually, I don't know what else to say about D and I think we're done. I mean, well, there's feels plenty like more done. we can say about D and D, just not about this topic. To me, it's it's customization options that wizards can. That's my biggest group. Like yeah. more magic items, more skill checks that we can do besides just the, you know, they, which they gave us a lot. They added some that I don't think were there before, but I don't know why they got rid of some of them. Maybe they were like, oh, well, swimming and this is, it's, it's all athletical stuff. So we'll just simplify it. <laughs> I think, though, like you said, the biggest reason that they simplified everything was just to get more people into playing D&D. It wasn't so, uh, you know, daunting a task uh, to want to try to play D&D. You could just grab, you know, core books or D&D Beyond and go with it, and you're done. Mm-hmm. You you can run a campaign. 
or you know at least an adventure you can run an adventure mm -hmm. yeah i mean because like that you know our saturday game when i had jd check that trap and you said you know it looks like it can't be disarmed from here if it could have been then those roles that you're talking about would have made more sense but like well is jd intelligent enough to figure out how to disarm this trap to get that door open uh -huh. it's like well exactly get frustrated enough i'm just going to shoot with a gun and see what happens <laughs> right go. now if you go to disarm a trap it i think pretty sure it says in the rules it's just like a, a dex based you know check to disarm but really you have to understand how it works yeah mm -hmm. and then there's I a mean, dexterity part of actually getting in there and not making it blow up in your face yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be like you were an eod guy standing there looking at it going okay got to figure out the mechanism all right i got that i see how it all moves now i got to figure out which wire i've got to cut to make this thing not blow up in my face yeah i did have an idea and it's kind of like that i thought like you know in some instances you're you're kind of doing two things at once whether you're attacking and doing something else but i thought if you had to do those two things at once rolling those two skill checks or an attack and a skill check together and then having it have to hit a target number that's a little bit bigger than it normally would with just one die roll. I was thinking about that the other day, but uh, uh, I don't know. You might have a lot of people failing checks then because uh, it's hard to maybe roll two good rolls in a row. So. Or the other one might save it. You know, it, it may be something neat. Uh, I don't know. My other uh, rules have been well taken. We do have some good rules, though. I, you know, the uh, I do like the uh, natural one double damage stuff. Oh yeah, I do too. Yeah, I like that. Uh, well, like or, like uh, your rule for uh, healing potions. Yeah. We haven't fully got to implement them much because our cleric's usually on it. Yeah. But, you know, we had an episode where one of our, where our blood hunter had to down a potion because even the cleric was hurting. And so, you know, that rule came in handy. Yeah. But just like last last week's campaign, the when the mage was or wizard was hurting, my character technically wasn't tall enough to force feed him a freaking potion to get his health up. Yeah. So I had to improvise on the fly in the middle of combat. <laughs> Hold on, you wanted to force feed someone that wasn't actually down a potion? Yes. And, and that's why I was like, well, so that's, that's why I asked you, was he standing up? You're like, yeah, he's already standing up facing the zombie. And I'm like, well, then I want to get behind this pillar right here and apply a first aid healer's kit on him because I can't do Ooh. what I was going to do because he's standing up and he's like seven foot tall <laughs> and I'm four three. Like, there's no way I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah that, that might be one of those things where I make you make like a athletics check or something or acrobatics to kind of jump upon him yeah 
hey, can, can we implement a valve about his calf muscle portion of his leg that I can mm-hmm. hook a uh, potion into in case we run into this situation again? <laughs> I, w- I will speak to that a little bit. When I was playing a Warforged, another campaign, my idea was Warforged didn't have to drink. So maybe when he does drink, it goes into a tank. So like I had him drink a bunch of like liquor and then later I could dispense the liquor through a spout that would, you know, come I could you know, open up a little hatch and a spout would come out and you could drink liquor out. I mean, I'm just saying if Warforges don't have to eat or drink. My mind went to horrible places with that, dude. Yeah, I did too. That's why I tried changing it. I don't um, think we need to do that. <laughs> this is chat that never happened. So the conversation it, 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 it out. It, it never if a Warforge can't eat or drink, how do they take a healing potion? Do they just like magic, pour it on their hands? And it just like run down their body and absorb <laughs> into their metal? What's that wrestling interest that you do in that uh in the slides uh wrestling stuff? Is it Triple H or something? Or yeah, it's Triple H. You just pour it in your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no air there. It just pours on that bald head. So I mean, Real if shiny. that's the case, if that's the case, then can I take the potion and just chuck it at him as hard as I can? And when it hits him, it breaks. He just absorbs the healing potion. No, they they um. They have to consume it. It's a magical thing. Part of the magic, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Middle ages were magic. It is, see, it is a good I'm, question. That's because what I've always wondered. How does healing work, you know, on a Warforged? In 3.5, right. healing would work on them, but it would only heal them for like 25% or something. You had to have a wizard or a spellcaster use a repair spell, which would repair the Warforged. So you'd have to have a repair kit on hand. Uh, well, they didn't use a repair artificer. kit. It was actually a magical spell called repair. Well, right, but I mean, like just like in in I think now uh, it's mending. Seven days to die, where you got to yeah. have repair kits to repair your stuff. Be like Warforged. Hang on, I got a repair kit. <laughs> no mending would do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a tinkerer. If you had can a repair, repair kit, yeah. you can try to. In the middle of combat, it may be difficult. This is why we need an artificer. So I've read a little bit about that. It's almost like it's like, I mean, the body has to be damaged at some point, right? But uh, it's it's almost like it's a living machine, and it's not actually considered a a golem or you know something like that. It's actually like a living machine. I'm all out. But I'm sorry. Doesn't have to. It's, it's uh, done. Doesn't Here, I'll drink. I'll drink four clan or sleep. Yep, we'll drink. Drink for clan. Sorry, we got you, clan. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I could take a drink from the special bottle down here. I'll I'll I, make I'm it up to you. Special bottle. Have a special bottle check. <laughs> I mean, the way Diz is talking, he's drinking from Q's special bottle. I don't know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, 
or maybe even like it would like it was stored it in a tank and he would just like kind of push it back out his mouth like he's throwing it back up at them mm. see ne- that's neither even one worse of, neither one of those work is nobody yeah. wants to be a part of that <laughs> that's horrible but it, it was gonna happen you liked q that would have been a, a q, I, very I liked, q thing right i liked q but i don't want to see q pulling either one of those two things our artificial widow definitely went with the nozzle oh. thing first over the the regurgitating <laughs> robot liquor fountain. So I was thinking maybe I could store healing potions in there while you're unconscious. Um, Baby burden? <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> now he stands over you <laughs> and starts playing pull your sugar on me. And then the healing potion comes out. Or he just teabags you. <laughs> Oh gosh, am I? This is going nowhere. You you know, it's a good thing that campaign went to shit. This Q, <laughs> this would have this would have corrupted Q so bad. Q was great. He was gonna this, get so demented though. I was well on my way to yeah. corrupting Q. Oh, Clan, I was willing to help you because we were gonna make that card teach Q a word. Yeah, and I was gonna teach yep. him all kinds of shit. Well, actually, it'd have been you teaching him because I'd have played it, and then you'd have been teaching <laughs> Q the word. Oh, Miss Q! No, all right, so I had an idea for um, another like segment of the show here. Kind of workshopping the name here, um, and this is probably not a good name, but like we have a like a meandering moment or reminiscing moment where we just kind of uh, kind of. I look up into the air, kind of just reminisce about just random things about D and D that uh, we remember and and like. Hmm. How old people do? Yeah, where they're like, I remember back in the day, <laughs> and you're like, oh no, here it comes, here comes the long story, Grandpa. Be <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> That I've heard 12 times because you have dementia and Alzheimer's and you don't remember any of this. I remember back when we had a good Dungeons and Dragons um, MMO game to play. And uh, it was really popular. And it wasn't all like a iPhone game that they're just trying to make a lot of money off of. Anything else? I I remember thinking that if you wanted to play a really good MMO, you should play the critically acclaimed MMO Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> it's not an MMO. Not sponsored, Chad. <laughs> not sponsored. Ooh. I can't believe that you took that over. Over. Uh, wow. I guess we can wrap up if there's nothing else. Uh, I feel like we've uh, talked this subject to death. If Chad well, has any other topics for us like in to future streams, um, and throw them out there for us. Or um, I think um, some of us, I don't know if Double Buck has like Twitter and stuff, but I'm, I know uh, I do, and I Clint do. Diesel does. Buck does. So you can tweet us. Uh, 
a lot of you know us, so you can just like, you know, tell us in person or yep. something. Or or go into our discords. Go into the discords. Yeah. Send yeah, a I've, I've uh, got telegram. Pretty much all socials. I just haven't hit the go live button on Twitch yet. We got to do that, chat. We got to get him to go live. The problem, Chad, is if I go live, I may not ever unplug. Well, actually, there's a timeout. Twitch has a timeout. If you stream for so long, it will stop you. Doesn't and mean you that I have stream. to unplug. <laughs> That's true. He, he's not real, Chad. He's an AVI. <laughs> Somewhere off the coast of the Black Sea. I, I stream from the briny deep. All right. So, uh... Man, it's about that time. That's right. You know what I think? I think all these kids need get off our lawn. Right, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Oh, bye, chat. <laughs> see ya.